the pals. We're the gals, and we're back at it again. Yeah, yeah. How's your week? How's your week been? Honestly, it's a roller coaster. I need to start drinking more water. I think maybe that'll help me out a little bit, and I won't be sad. How's your week been, though? <laughs> it's been pretty good. Uh DIY the bookshelf. Um, got some pumpkins to carve for the season. So living. Living la vida loca, because that's what we do in our age is, you know, bookshelves and crocheting baby socks. Oh, incorrect. I I feel, I there were like no baby socks. <laughs> there were no baby socks in the making of this advertisement. So, <laughs> <laughs> How about tiny scarves for dogs? I feel like that could be I a mean, business. I, I can, you know what? For sure, it definitely can. Yeah. <laughs> our next, our right. next idea TM 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 I can't literally <laughs> it's gonna take me like a month to make one one scarf and that's when you sell it at an inflated ass price because it's an artisan scarf 750 euros we live in the US <laughs> why are you okay, selling so it in like euros what? I don't know I don't know I feel like that makes it fancier if I said euro, okay, how much is, I don't know. I don't know that conversion factor. That's not what um, we're talking about. That would be 800, anyway. that would be 889 US dollars. Oh my God. So yeah, 750 so euros, cool. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so what do we have in store for us this week, madame? We're going to have some sad things as usual. <laughs> as usual. <laughs> so. Let's hop, let's let's hop on over. You know, let's put the pan on the stove. Let's you know, let's put the olive oil in there and heat it up. All right, ma'am, ma'am, this is getting a little too explicit now. Okay, uh, so we're starting off with the police brutality protests that are happening in Nigeria. There's a lot mm. going on in Africa in many of the different countries, and we decided to cover Nigeria first and. Tons of stories are developing, so I wouldn't be surprised if we do a different country next week. It's it's a lot going on. But for this week, since it's uh, such a parallel to all the U.S. protests that are still going on and protests that are still going on around the world, we might as well bring, noted, like, you know, shed light on another country that's suffering from the same problems the U.S. is. So in Nigeria, there have been tons of obviously peaceful protests um, staged by a lot of the citizens and the organizations to try to rally for reform of the police force, their security force. So this particular one, uh, this particular incident, um, there have been many, obviously, skirmishes, but one of the biggest differences between like what's happening in the U.S. and what's happening in Nigeria is that the security forces are opening fire without warning into the crowd. Not rubber bullets like the U.S. had, but actual bullets. Uh, so over 70 people, and as I said, like the story's developing quickly, so it might be more by now, but over 70 protesters have already died for protesting police brutality. Um, the thing in, uh, it, I, I hope a lot of you have probably seen it started to trend, but the hashtag NSARS um, is trending, and that's, what this is all about. That hashtag is connected to the police brutality protests occurring in Nigeria. Uh, you want to tell us what SARS is? R? <laughs> is R, yes. Um, so Nigeria's 
special police force is called SARS, um, and they stand for the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. So, like, you know, they're supposed to be there to protect people from um, individuals who want to rob other people, of course, bringing in wanted criminals, and so on and so forth. As I said, they're there for the people. Well, supposed to be there for the people. Um, They were first, you know, they first started in 1992, but before that, the anti-robbery was the responsibility of the NPF, which is the Nigerian police force. Um, So then they decided that it was too much work because since Nigeria is the most populous country on the continent of Africa, that's a lot of people to police with one tiny police force. So in the early days of the unit, SARS officers operated undercover in plain clothing, plain vehicles. They didn't have like any ID or anything. They didn't even carry weapons in public. They were literally just there to bring in the bad guys or to help stop the bad guys. Um, Peacefully, of course. Sometimes with force, if uh, they were going after someone bigger, such as a criminal who was an armed robber, and his name is Evans. I unfortunately cannot pronounce his actual name, but he is best known as Evans. And he was arrested in 2017 after SARS spent almost five years tracking him down and even placed a 30 million Naira reward on his head, which is about mm, oh my God. 80,000 USD. Right? That's a lot of money for this man. <laughs> but... Before all of their corruption and stuff, their main job was to just monitor radio communications and facilitate successful arrests of criminals um, and people who were going to do bad things. So for 10 years, they operated in Lagos, but by 2002, they spread to all 36 states within um, the federal capital territory. And that is when all of the problems started. That's when they decided to start investigating and prosecuting uh, individuals under their own terms. So with these new powers, the unit moved on from its main function of carrying out basically covert operations. And they started to like set up roadblocks and even extorting money from citizens. So they would say, I'll protect you if you give me... I don't know, fifty thousand naira a month. So they they just turned and that's into a lot a of money. Ass gang is what <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, basically, it's it's really unfortunate. So and that's not where it stops. That's actually where it just begins. Then they started um, implicating in widespread on human rights abuses, extrajudicial uh, extrajudicial killings. They even started torturing individuals. Whether or not they were a criminal um, or could prove that they were a criminal, they had arbitrary arrest. So this is, of course, a general example. Like this probably did not happen, but I'm using it just to emphasize my point. Say you were jaywalking. They will come and arrest you, beat you in the street, and then take you in their car. It's something as innocent as that. Um, and, of course, unlawful detention and extortion of Casual. the uh, civilians in Nigeria. Casual exploitation so, of civilians. Ca- casual. Right. So that has been going on for a while now. And Nigerians, they're tired of it. They're tired of being tortured and abused. So that's where we so are today. So as we were looking protests. into this, I also found that in response to these protests, and obviously 
something that turned violent and many people have lost their lives so far and people are still losing their lives just fighting to be respected. Um, the Nigerian government supposedly announced that it would disband SARS, actually. However, a lot of people are not satisfied with that and a lot of people claim that that's just like a political stunt. Like, you know, like we're going to say we disband it, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do anything about it. So so a lot of people are are not taking the story as they as they shouldn't, you know, if they've gotten away with this and you expect that to be a, a band-aid on the situation. A lot of protesters are, are calling for not only the disbandment and the ending of SARS, but more reform, to, you know, to end human rights abuses at the hand of the security forces and at the government. So they're protesting for, for general government reform and, like, putting in more securities for civilians, for the people, to not be abused by, by the people who are supposed to protect them. So, again, it's still they're still protesting because, obviously, it, not much has happened yet. <laughs> so it's still a developing story, but I would say keep an eye out on that. And Nigeria's not the only place in Africa that are, is experiencing some sort of epidemic of a kind of, of some kind. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of hashtags. If you've been on Twitter or Instagram, you've probably seen uh, Zimbabwe is facing something similar with police brutality. I know the Ivory Coast and Ghana, there's like a child trafficking thing that, that a lot of people are trying to bring attention to. Ta- the Congo with a lot of, of, international abuses. Liberia has a national, a rape national emergency. A lot, a lot is going on. So if you have a time, some time, I would say investigate some of these hashtags because it's, it's not just Nigeria. It's not just one country. It's a lot. A lot is happening over there and people need to know about it. Right. And as you were saying with the other countries, um, a lot of it is taking, well, happening now because of a lot of involvement from China, which is initiating basically colonial style takeovers, like, you know, back in the day when Europeans tried to do it. And that's also being kept on the DL, which is harmful to a lot of the African countries because nobody knows how to help them because nobody knows that they need help. And they only, the only things that are put in the news is when it's their own people against their own people. So, of course, take it into your own hands. So, it's you really got to dig hard to find out these things. Um, going back to Nigeria, however, which was uh, one of the uh, earlier uh, police officers who uh, opened fire on protesters trying to disperse them, which happened on October 12th, they ended up killing... <clears throat> Several civilians, as my wonderful partner had said, and including um, a 55-year-old man who was praying on the side, which was uh, heartbreaking. They, of course, also arrested dozens of protesters, uh, police tear gassed, um, and used water cannons and protesters, especially in Abuja, which is a really central location for a lot of these protests. Um, And police officers even attacked a journalist, which is why we know some of the information that we know. And his name is Gimba Kakanda. I'm sorry if I botched that. Um, I'm not the best at pronouncing names. But due to his bravery, we do have some more insight as to what's going on, even though they smashed his phone, slashed his tires for his car, and threatened him. So 
Yeah, it's yeah. some pretty so intense stuff. Keep up with those stuff. hashtags. I know they're all over social media. Keep sharing it. Keep getting people to know about it because, you know, just like the world protested with America when we at the very beginning of this and are still protesting now, we need to call attention to, to other countries that need help. That's right, because we're all in this together no matter what part of the world we're in. But moving away from the other side of the world, we're going to rail it into the north. <laughs> and that Please. is Canada. I meant Canada, not us. So <laughs> in Canada, Nova Scotia, more specifically, if you don't know where that is, I advise you look it up and look at a map. So uh, I don't know up. how to tell you where that is. It's in Canada. Um, <laughs> I can figure it out. Okay. Nicely, though. Politely look it up. <laughs> but, and I apologize in advance, I will be botching the names of these tribes. Because as I said, I am not good with names. I tried my best to pronounce them, but... I even put it in Google Translate and it told me Big Mac, which is 100% yeah. not the correct We're pronunciation. Trying. But yeah. So... In Nova Scotia, we are trying. In Nova Scotia, freckle freckle. In Nova Scotia, the Sipikanikatik tribe, which is an indigenous tribe in Canada, of the Mi'kmaq people, they live on Canada's Atlantic coast, among other areas. What they've been doing for since the beginning, since they've been here, since they were the beginning, is gather okay. lobsters along that shore. Um, they use this, they use every part of the animal, of course. They're very, very much used to the practice and they never take more than they need. And of course, they've been doing this for years. So they know exactly what they're doing. They listen to the earth and they're just in tune with everything. Well, people along those course in Canada, the non-Indigenous individuals are not happy about this. They don't want the Indigenous um, tribe to do what they need to do with the lobsters, which is part of their tradition. So under a treaty dating back to 1952, the Mi'kmaq people had the right to hunt and fish to earn moderate livelihood. And this was cemented in 1999 in a ruling by Canada's Supreme Court. So it is legal for them to practice their traditions in their area. Um, as I said, it's protected by law. Um, so, again, the people in this area, the non-Indigenous individuals in this area, are not happy. Um, and they've been basically taking it into their own hands because they're saying that their government uh, doesn't have their back and isn't helping them or does not see the problem and that they're overfishing and that they won't leave enough for the individuals that do live there. Uh, Canada's One of Canada's main exports is lobster. Um, they have a really, really nice supply along that coast. So the people are, the non-Indigenous individuals are scared of the economic in, in, impact that it could have on them. But as I said, the Indigenous tribes have been doing this for a very yeah, long that, time. Can, so can, they know exactly what they're doing. Can we just take a moment to, to just like put it in perspective? So this Indigenous tribe, been, been around longer than probably the people complaining about about them. them. It's traditions they've passed passed down since the beginning, you know. So like, it's a thing. They've always been there. They've always done that. They got the law on their side, yep. Because as time developed around them, they modernized themselves, you know, to get legal protections. So you're gonna 
some, I don't know, dude born fucking 20 years ago is going to be like, oh, this practice that's been in practice for decades or hundreds of years, I don't like it. And I'm going to stick my foot in it. That's really what it is. Some dude born this fucking generation has a problem. Like, with what? Literally what? Mind your business. Right. It's like you, a non-Indigenous individual who fishes for either pleasure or money gain, should not have the right to infringe on a practice that is both tradition and protected by law, whether or not you like it. So it just, you know, it doesn't make sense, logically thinking about it. But of course, people's emotions go into it, and that's how the non-Indigenous individuals responded. So the non-Indigenous fishers have called for the Sipiknikatik's First Nations fishery to be closed. And they're saying that although it is legal, that it is illegal and a threat to the environment. Which I think is very funny. They think that it's a threat to the environment. Um, But the Prime Minister, Justin, uh, you know, bad bitch, um, he's been trying to reconcile with Canada's Indigenous community because he believes that is a priority to maintain the relations within Canada because they have he knows that they have been deprived of land, resources, and food over the centuries. And he has acknowledged the nation's past humiliations and neglect and abuse that they face um, within their own country. So he is on the law side saying that this is their practice, this is legal. But he, of course, as the glorious man that he is, is trying to uh, help all the individuals uh, involved in the dispute. So, unfortunately, the dispute has escalated this past week into violence, destruction, and an angry mob which attacked oh. on indigenous used fishing ponds. So, we had a mob. Yeah, they actually burned down, um, or excuse me, it didn't say burned down. Got it. A massive fire erupted overnight Friday at a fishing pond used by the McQuamp uh, individuals in Central West Right, Puerto so Rico, a fire that just happened out ground. of nowhere. Ooh, burned it down. Like, headlines. Come on. Do some justice. You know this was freaking arson. <laughs> and on top of that, several hundred lobster traps that the indigenous people built by hand have been either destroyed or or stolen by non-Indigenous commercial fishermen in the past month. Um, Two boats also from the the Mikwama fish uh, individuals were set on fire by the same group of um, non-Indigenous mobsters, which is what I've been calling them. Yeah, like, you're going to go that far because you're upset that people are doing what they have to do, what they've been doing? I just don't know why they're this mad about it. They're, the only reason they're doing this is because they assumed that the law would be on their side and they could do whatever they want, and they were just pissed that they didn't get their way. Suck it up. Right. They need to remember that Canada is not America. It doesn't work like that. They actually follow laws. Um, right. <laughs> right, arguable laws. However, on Monday, the Indigenous Services Minister, Mark Miller, also a pretty good dude, called the violence Absolutely. against the indigenous tribes disgusting, unacceptable, oh, sure. and racist in nature. So joining, of course, a chorus of disapproval from the government and leaders, including Mr. Okay. Justin Trudeau himself. 
So they look down upon what's going on right now, and they're trying everything that they can to stop the individuals yeah. harming the indigenous tribes. Um, so, of course, that is still going on right now. And we're hoping that the non-indigenous people can understand why what they're doing is wrong um, and leave the indigenous people to continue with what they're doing because they don't even do it for it's long. It's literally it just their livelihood, bro. It's like asking you to not um, go to the grocery store. Like, you know... When you really think about it, like, if that is how that tribe, like, right. not only makes a living by, like, using it and, like, but, like, if, if that's a food source for that, like, you can't, you can't tell me that. For, abs- like, capitalism is at it. You know, you could probably just blame everything on capitalism. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably. But that's probably. just, <laughs> I mean, obviously, if it escalated to violence, I, we, I don't think it's going to be done anytime soon, sadly. Yeah, um, some, and I forgot where I had read it. It's a, it's in a, one of the links that we have, of course, provided for you, where one of the indigenous individuals was surrounded by uh, a smaller mob, and he was by himself, and he was so scared, he oh. barricaded himself in a fridge, basically, for almost two hours until they left. Um, they were scared he was gonna, he was scared that he was gonna be killed that day, because he was doing what he is used to doing with his practice so some crazy shit yeah. that's going on i would just need everybody to fucking chill out you know just right like sit back enjoy the like, last honestly bit of i think you just need a pumpkin cream or, cold I guess brew in Canada and you just really need to chill out. <laughs> right let's just vibe Put on hocus pocus wear a warm sweater and just that's Canada. Well, part of Canada. Well, our last story of this week also does not pass the vibe check, in case you are wondering. We're going to, we, we we went to Africa for a little bit, hit Canada. Now we're going to end with the U.S. and some fuckery as normal. <clears throat> as we all know, the last presidential debate was last was on Thursday uh, for the U.S. presidential election. And, you know, it was a time. People are saying it was both candidates' best performance. But at this point, you, you got you got to know what you're doing. Like, at this point, you really can't be undecided still. Anyways, that's another matter. Yeah, that what we're going to talk about is one of the things Trump addressed at the debate and spiraled out of control as normal. So... Uh, for those of you who did not know or did not care to know, you're going to know now. Uh, the U.S. has been separating children and their parents at the border and placing them in separate detention centers. Uh, there are people that have been here, been in that detention center for four years. So obviously, we're not working on that situation. Uh, the U.S. has always had a problematic relationship with immigration, namely how we treat immigrants. So, and you know, no one's surprised at, at the border, like the detention centers that have been at the border. We've seen pictures of, of the abuse and like the disgusting conditions that people and kids are living in. So, namely about 545 children is, is the number that we're working with uh, that were separated from their parents are now lost. Meaning that the kids are still at the border. We're not talking about the specific children they lost track of because that's another thing. But these specific kids are lost in the way that the U.S. did not 
accurately keep track of whose kid belonged to who. So now they have, quote, no way to link them back to their parents. So now we just got 545 kids and we don't know where they, who their parents are because we did not write it the fuck down. If we spent a little less money on the military and a little more money on sticky notes, we could have probably yeah. avoided this. Goddamn. Use Google's sheets, Honestly. bro. Make a spreadsheet. It's like, I feel as though if Karen lost her dog, the cops would be able to find it within a matter of an hour. But we lose children and nobody seems to know where they are or even where they could have gone or have been taken. Right. <clears throat> and now we have um, these kids two. and we're like, oh, so, where are their parents? We have no idea. Amazing. So the reason we're bringing this up is because that was one of the things that was addressed at the the debate. And Trump said, quote, mm, where is the quote? Here we are, that these children have been well taken care of. So let's define what well taken care of means. It means that thousands of children have allegedly suffered sexual abuse in U.S. custody. Um, and have been cooped up in windowless rooms and have been under-resourced and have, oh. been, yeah, and have uh, very few resources. So if that's what being well taken care of is, I think the fuck not. Well, I don't even do think mean? it's economy. That's like five-star treatment. Yeah, like, you know, or not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, so now like America thinks they're well taken care of. They're not. They're sitting in cages, not knowing where their parents are. And have been sexually abused. Um, so very well taken care of, I guess. But that's the thing. The the White House did come out and say that they really they don't they don't know how they don't have a way to bring these kids and parents together. They don't know. So that is absolutely fucking stupid. That is absolutely unacceptable. If the US government cannot use Excel, I swear. Right. I swear we just need to throw it all away. Right. Quite honestly, if you cannot make me over. a spreadsheet and just tell me who belongs to who, who's kid, who, where are your parents, little kid? I don't know. It should be recorded on the spreadsheet. But instead, we didn't even put it on a spreadsheet. We didn't even make a spreadsheet. We don't have any pens or pencils to write anything down. So we're just yanking people apart and throwing them in cages. That's really what I'm <laughs> I, That's really what's happening. Like. Right, they're like, y'all have green shirts over here, y'all have yellow shirts over there. I'm right. gonna make you red shirts to head on out. Take your um, shirts off, and, and we will scramble the, you. Like, and then that's it. No order. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is awful. I was actually reading, you know, some of the more uh, bogus um, news sites, and they were saying that to justify these children not being here. They were saying that their parents no longer cared or wanted them. And yeah. that they are being so, How? I don't know about you, but if, if I went through the entire trouble of trying to cross the border to get into the U.S. because I wanted my kids to have a better life, I don't think I would freaking forget about them, you know, if I did all of this. Right. I'm not going to... Right. I'm not going to fucking yeet them as I, right. I would not have get over them. the border. No. Right. I'm like, obviously, whoever said this is not a parent or is a shit parent. 
Because if you even remotely like your children, I don't think you just forget about them somewhere and not want them back. Also, here's where I call complete bullshit on that. If you don't have a, if you don't even know what kid belongs mm-hmm. to who, whose parents, how did you know you were asking the right people? How did you know you were asking parents that lost their kids? You don't because you didn't keep track of it. Suck my dick. Carlos, Carlos, right there. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, you're right. That is bullshit. I just thought of that and I'm like, okay, so if you didn't keep track of it, who, who told you that? Who did you ask? Not the right people. Like, what? It's absolutely it's interesting. And of course, like these are all really serious issues that we talk about. So if you do hear us giggle and stuff, that's just our way of coping oh, yeah, with for the sure. shit show it's that we have defense, to talk it's about. A defense mechanism. Because it makes us genuinely sad. Uh-huh. Cause if not, honestly, I, I don't if think I we'd be okay. Giggle every now and again or like <laughs> I don't know. Just laugh at the absolute absurdity of what I'm, what I just read. Um, I would have probably phased myself back into a fetus and eaten it, eat it myself. Oh, ooh. bro, I would have turned into Pickle Rick. That's what I would have done. I would have just left this planet and turned into Pickle Rick. That's it. Yeet everything and turn into motherfucking Pickle Rick. You about because right. why the fuck not? Um, so thanks for listening to all that (laughs) of course we had fun talking about issues as usual you know share us with your friends leave us some ratings if you have the option to do so um we super appreciate all of you tuning in and trying to know the world a little bit better with us um, and hopefully laughing at some of our jokes (laughs) hee hee as usual follow us on twitter at IGMP podcast. Tweet, tweet. Follow us on Twitter. Tweet us. We have the same little art that we have. Like, so you can find us on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell them about That's what? US voting? Oh, yes, bitches. Don't forget to vote. Early voting, okay? Get them votes in. Make the difference you want to see. Make the change you want in the world, or at least in the United States. Regardless of how you feel, make sure that what you vote for can be Correct. backed up by facts. Okay? It is always important to understand who you're voting for and why you're voting for them. And not just because family tells you to vote or peer pressure by the media. You have to know who you're voting for and you have to know why you're yep, voting for so. them. That is the most important thing. Absolutely. Because your Dance voice is your change. Fuck, so, yep. Don't forget to do... to. Get out there. Make sure you cast your vote. Record numbers of people are already turning out in the U.S. So do it. Do what you got to do. Get that vote in. Oh, yes. And last before before we head out, we have a surprise for you all. Next week, next week's episode will be a special one coming, coming from the gals. We put a lot of work into it. Um, and it's, it's going to kind of be like the first type of episode of its kind so we're, we're gonna do like a bigger like research piece and it's gonna be longer than what we what we normally put out um so we hope you all listen you want to tell them what it's about so who likes conspiracy theories i do she does and i know some of you do 
For those of you that have been listening with us thus far, we're trying something new. It's interesting, and honestly, you're going to be captivated, and you're going to want to know more, and then you're going to delve into this rabbit hole of theories that we are about to present to you in this mini-series that we're hoping to start. And if you guys like it, of course, let us know. Tell us about different uh, political conspiracy theories that you might know about that we won't. And we mm-hmm. could do something on that, too. Heck, so, yeah. So check out next week. Our surprise stuff. episode will come out. And uh, stay tuned till then, pals. We're the gals. <laughs> and we'll see you soon.